You used to listen to our podcast. Late night when you need some tools. Listen to our podcast. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not done. Hang I'm not on. Done. I, this song triggers me. need some tools. I know when that I can't bling. Da, da, da. <laughs> it can only mean one thing. I know when that I can't bling. Do, 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 do. It can only mean one thing. This is the best part. Tulsa is now on the air for you. People can't see my braised eyebrows right now, <laughs> but they are really, really high. Whatever. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> All right. So welcome to Tools Day, a talk show on IBM Radio where we discuss tech tools, tips, and tricks on Tuesdays at 2. I'm your co-host, Yuna. And I'm Chris Donnerod. And today we're talking about remote, remote collaboration, collaboration tools. tools. Which is a thing that most people, I think, in our industry have had to deal with at some point. How do you talk to your coworkers when you're not sitting in front of them? Yeah, I think more and more and more of us feds in particular are working remotely. More remote jobs are being positioned up and available, so especially because everything we can do can be done from your computer anywhere in the world. Yes. So that brings us to our first topic, which is just the general communication, like real-time chat, real-time communication. How do you talk to your coworkers on a daily basis? I know for us, especially Slack is our biggest thing. Uh, I had actually never really used Slack before I came to work here. Uh, we always used Skype, essentially, for anything we had. It, there was no official communication tool. So did you chat with Skype? We chatted with Skype, um, or we'd send messages using this you know, really old kind of MSN messenger type service that I think Cisco made. What is it called? <laughs> uh, I don't actually remember, but it was not a great time. All right. Um, and, you know, you don't realize the importance of great chat tools until you have them and you realize how much you were missing before. Um, Did you start here after we had already used Slack? Yes. Okay, so when I first started at IBM, it was a older program, um, which was fine, but it wasn't the ease of use that Slack had. And also, I'm in a bunch of Slack channels, like front-end developer channels, right. so I could really mix my work um, with my coworkers here with other information that I'm getting from people in the community. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that Slack gives you. It lets you access a larger community. Um, with you know, personal one-on-one -on -one messaging, you never get that sense of you know, chat rooms, you know, from the late 90s and early 2000s where everyone was in those AIM chat rooms. Oh my they gosh, were, AIM. They were great. <gasps> Can I uh, tell you a story about AIM? Absolutely. Okay, so I don't know, my parents were very laissez-faire about the internet when I was... Mine too, mine oh, too. I don't know why they did this. I would never <laughs> let my child do this. So when we got like those CDs for like AOL, yeah. um, they would they made me an account and I would just go on and I was literally six years old. Yeah. So I'd go into AIM chat rooms, which were so wildly inappropriate. Yep. And um, I would report everyone yeah. because the rules were you can't curse and you're not supposed <laughs> to like ask ASL. Like I would say like six, you know, like I would tell them my real age and they didn't believe me. I wouldn't believe me. <laughs> but um, I started reporting all of these people for cursing. You know, <laughs> I, was I, that girl. I had a similar experience. When I was like 10 or 11, I was in this forum called GameFAQs.com. Uh, it was a message board. And I posted a lot. And then somebody posted to somebody else saying, hey, you type like a 12-year-old. I was 10 <laughs> at the time. And I was like, hey, you know, Thanks. Uh, not to, it wasn't to me, it was somebody else. And I was like, hey, man, you know, I type perfectly fine and I'm 10 years old. And then I got back and I was banned. I was like, dang it. I forgot. <laughs> you, you have to be above 13 to be on these message boards. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, yeah, there was, there was a couple of message boards. Anyway, that's like <laughs> kind of off topic. Um, <laughs> it's fine. So Slack. Slack is really awesome. Um, what I really like about it also is that it's so extensible. Yes. You can write Slack bots. Yes. And people are just 
creating like node apps that you can just run on your own server and then host Slack bots. Yeah, one of my favorite one is the GitHub integration. Giphy. So, uh, oh, oh also, sorry. Also Giphy, Giphy. <laughs> I totally uh, misheard you. I don't know why I had Giphy on my mind. I mean, we, I love GIFs. Uh, yeah, you like gifts. <laughs> uh, uh, GitHub, I'm sorry. GitHub uh, integration. Yeah. yeah, so what you can do is that you can set up with GitHub that whenever a pull request goes through or an issue comment comes in, it'll pipe that comment into a chat room um, and then ping you if you're, if you're in that chat room. And so when we're working on teams that are all in these different GitHub repos um, and making issues, it's super convenient where I can see that, oh, something has happened, there's activity going on. I can check it out. Yeah, we used to have that in our channels that directly correlated with the project, but it got so um, busy with GitHub pull requests and comments, et cetera. So we ended up moving that out into its own channel. They could see whenever somebody has an open pull request and they need comments on it, they'll just, like, it's there. Like, you know it's there. You know the activity that's happening, but it's not um, congesting, I guess, in a way, your regular chat experience. Right. So that's that's a good one to have. I also really like the file sharing. Yes. Um, it, they do a lot of really cool things. Like if you paste code in, it'll format it for you. Right. The format is a little different than Markdown, just like the bold and italics is on it? Slack. Yeah, it's like uh, one star or two stars instead of like doing your uh, underscore. Wait. Yeah, it's like it's well, it's, it's backwards. Underscore. I think one star is bold instead of two stars in Markdown on Slack. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Which always throws me. Yeah, Slack and Skype share some of the same marked, same the same same uh, text editing. Yeah, capabilities. Capability or keyboard shortcuts, and so I'll rotate between those two those two apps and then Markdown and get thoroughly confused. Have you customized uh, your Slack? Because you can customize the layout. Um, I've changed the color to this nice uh, hoth blue. Is it hoth? I don't know. Uh, I think you just made that up. No, there's a theme called hoth. <laughs> All right. You know what? <laughs> I like the oh, no, theme it comes called, with. It's called Ocean. I really like what Slack is doing. I think yep. it's an awesome small company. They have great socks. Yep. Have you seen the socks? No, I've, the Slack uh, socks. As in, like, as in like socks like, for your feet? Yeah. They're beautiful. Okay, um, Dumbledore. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, they're doing really awesome things with the chat. They've just decided we're going to rethink this and go big or go home. And they've really, really been successful at it. I know I do have a few friends who are like, well, why would we use Slack when we have IRC? Uh, so can you know? Do you have any opinions of that debate, IRC versus Slack? Oh my gosh! I think that you need to be where people are in your circles. Um, I was on IRC for a little while. I use a chat client called Textual um, for yeah. IRC. Uh, yep. And it was fine. I stopped using IRC because I felt like some of the discussion was not really what I wanted to have with people in this community. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Slack for me has a lot more of an authoring tool with, I want to be in this channel, not this channel. I guess IRC has the same yeah. thing. <laughs> I don't know. They're similar. I, I think the crowd of people might be a little different. Also, IRC is not as useful for sending files and all those different things that you need I mean, you for do, remote you, collab. You can do all that stuff through IRC. I think the big thing that Slack gives you is ease of use, and it lets me talk to my non-developer friends. It's it's hard to get non-devs on IRC. It's like, hey, look at this client. It's kind of ugly. It has these you know weird commands. Uh, well, the client doesn't have to be ugly. Like Textual looked fine. Well, I know, but okay, sorry. Uh, there, I, I think there's a burden of entry on things like yeah. IRC. Uh, on RC channels, and you, you, you have to find the right server, and then the channel from there, and then register your username. The one um, benefit of IRC is, even though it does have that, like, oh, you have to find the right channel to join, um, 
you don't have to request to get invited. That's to, true. To, that's the one thing that Slack is. Well, you don't have to for all Slack channels. It depends on the um, setup. Of the Slack the workaround is that you put your email into a system and you get an automatic invite. Right. But that's still a workaround. That's, that's fair. I, I think Slack was intended to be more private at first, right. and that's why it was set up that way. Yep. Speaking of that, I know uh, bigger orgs have, have run into issues with Slack recently. Like the React community uh, just migrated off of Slack onto something called Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, purely based on the Discourse fact. Discourse or Discord? Discord. D I S C O R D. Okay. Uh, it looks the exact same thing as, chat, uh, as Slack. Uh, it has a voice chat. It was actually built for gamers. Um, it was like a Slack for gamers. And then um, React, the React community moved on there because Slack is actually pretty expensive. Uh, Slack is free, point. and then yeah. it's like, and yo, it's, give us the cash. It's like a billion dollars. <laughs> um, so there is that to keep in mind. Uh, Slack, the free version, has a cap on the chat history. It's 10,000 messages. 10,000 messages. So Which... Is not that much when you're in a huge organization. Right. And so the history is always saved, but you can't access it until you pay money, and it's like a certain dollars per head. And so if you have yeah. you know 5,000 people plus in your org, uh, it gets pretty expensive pretty quick. I don't know. I, I, I don't remember why I just don't use IRC. Well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like IRC is a self-selecting crowd. Uh, yeah. When I was you know 11 to 18... I was on there a lot. Uh, I, <laughs> I was on there for a little bit um, on the, the SaaS channels, like helping people with their issues and questions. But there's a SaaS channel in um, Slack, and there's all of these different communities available on Slack as well, mm-hmm. which seems to be just a little bit more welcoming, especially when you're going on IRC to talk about questions you have. That's true. I, I, I do feel the IRC channels for dev communities are a little bit elitist. Uh, That's what I was trying to say, but I was trying to, like, be more gentle about it. Oh, sorry. Um, Uh, (laughs) But it's fine. So uh, any other chat programs that you use? uh, Skype. uh, Especially my circle of friends loves using Skype. Uh, We kind of hop onto a call and just put on the video and then do our work from there. Do you use Google Chat? Um, So my family used to use Google Chat. Okay. Uh, So we actually all used Google Chat until Skype made video conferencing free again. And so for a while, Skype charged you to do video conferencing. That was a bad move. That was a terrible move. We all moved off of Skype for, for a moment there. Um, but, hmm. you know, when I'm working with some people who, don't, for whatever reason, don't like Google Hangouts. I love Google Hangouts. I mean, I have a Nexus phone. I use Project Fi, so all my stuff is in Google Hangouts by default. Um, but for whatever reason, people don't like it. iMessage um, is very strong with me. I, I iMessage a lot. don't like iMessage. Uh, I had an iPhone success for about a month. Really? And then I sold it. Oh, why didn't you like it? I hate it. <laughs> no, no, like, I'm very curious. Uh, so, before, I liked, I liked the Touch ID. Uh-huh. I liked the battery life. Battery life was amazing on the iPhone. Really? Yes. Oh, that's not something uh, that I would say. Um, I guess it depends how many apps you have running. And that's about it. Okay, so wh- <laughs> like, why, why did you return it? That's a big... Uh, so the big, big amount of time to figure out where to sell it, etc. Uh, well, I sold it to a coworker. Okay. Uh, so that was pretty quick. Uh, so, this is, uh, <laughs> well, the reason why I didn't like it is is, is a lot of it is how to, is how the UI is laid out in iOS. Um, with Android, for example, uh, a quick a quick small part is the the settings for apps. Mm-hmm. On, in iOS, the settings for an app is either in the app itself, it's either in the global settings menu. Um, or or split between those two things, right? There's no uh, standardized way to, to modify the settings for every app. Um, so, for example, if you want to change the outgoing sound for your Messages app, it's not in 
your message. Your, you can't open it's up. It's in settings. It's in settings, it's, messages. It's, it's, in, it's in settings, sounds. Oh. Uh, not settings, messages, sounds. Well, that's the it. thing about Apple, right. right? You get something that's easy to use, set up for you, and you just don't deal with all the configuration. Right. And so uh, for me, I love configuring things. And so I was trying to change or disable the incoming sound or something or one of the two one of the incoming so it was a sounds. tiny thing that you got frustrated Hang with <laughs> there were more than that but um that was kind of a microcosm of okay. why i uh-huh. didn't like the iphone 6s <laughs> <laughs> so you, you kind of mentioned skype um well one more thing about the chat programs is yeah. i used to use um, one called adm which kind of combined oh, oh yeah back a bunch in the day of, yeah it, well it's still a thing i know pick with um, but yeah, when I was using IRC and iMessage and all those different things, yeah. um, before I really just transitioned to Slack, yeah, um, yeah, I used Adium to just make it all easier. Adium, Trillion, those yeah, were trillion. the days. <laughs> there's a bunch. Um, okay, so speaking of video things, there's Skype, there's Google Hangouts, FaceTime, if you're into the whole Apple ecosystem. I'm not. Um, I don't know. I found it useful. Well, FaceTime was only one-on-one, too. Why would I use FaceTime when I could use Slack or Skype? Well, FaceTime I use on my phone mostly. You can use Skype on your phone too. I don't have it installed. That's a big app. You know, that takes up a lot of memory and space. One video takes up more space. FaceTime's <laughs> already installed. I don't need to install another app to do something that I already have an app for. And you're limiting yourself to one set of an ecosystem, right? Only iOS, iOS users. I think it's more of the convenience thing. Okay. I only really use FaceTime to chat with my friends who mostly have iPhones. Okay. Um, and my parents who have iPhones. Okay. So that's my <laughs> FaceTime experience. But also I like that it can work on Wi-Fi. So Skype. Oh, Skype can too. Gosh, I don't know. I just didn't, don't like Skype. <laughs> I'm just hating on Skype for some reason today. Um, but there's also what we use here really quickly if you're just trying to like meet up with someone and talk face to face is Appearin. Oh yeah. And Appearin is like yeah, it's this great like um RTC app and WebRTC. WebRTC, yeah. Um real time communication. So you just have a URL and if it's not a URL that is saved and reserved, then you can just have a live meeting created. Right. And it's up to eight people. That's the thing. Um there's little chat boxes, but you can show your screen and do that kind of sharing and it's really quick and so, easy. So, uh, real quick, Skype now has that feature, too. There's now a web UI for Skype. Really? You can, people, you can send people links out to join your web call. What? Yeah, it's, this is actually super in beta. Uh, they haven't announced it anywhere, I, I don't think. How I, do you know? I kind of like, are you like, a, I was just like, like cli- I was just clicking are you around one day. At Skype? <laughs> and I found, I was like, what, what is this thing doing here? Uh, and I was like, wow, there's a, it now has like the Slack at notifications. Um, it has, you know, that, click to join a web meeting or a web call. That's so interesting. Um, it's, in, it's in beta, and I, I only found it because I, I accidentally clicked something, and I landed up there. And I was like, wow. okay, uh, hello, Okay, Skype. well, that's, that's news. <laughs> but um, with Appearin, you can just type a URL, yeah. and then if you type it into Slack, it shows like a little preview oh, yeah, screen, and you yeah. can click it in from there because there's integration. Yep. Um, so that's cool. I really like that program. All right. Uh, anything else? The text and video? Uh, no, I think that's that's it. Well, one thing I want to mention is this app called Squiggle. Um, it's S-Q-W-I-G-G-L-E. Interesting name. Yeah, it's it's really cool. So I used it when I did like a brief stint at um, a company called Oddbird. 
And um, they use Squiggle. It's it's better for smaller teams, but it's a presence um, sort of application where you install it, and every minute or so, it's like this low res black and white image that like it takes a snapshot of your yeah. workspace. And you can also blur it, so you can't like really see detail, but you can see that somebody is available and yeah. present with you. And then when you click on any person's icon, it's sort of a grid of all the icons of people working with you. Yeah. It starts a video chat. Wow. So it's it's the closest thing that I found to working in the same room with somebody when you're not. Because it's like they're they're physically there at their computer, right. and I can any time start a conversation with them. You, and like you can also have do that like up on a second, secondary monitor or something. Like, hey, there's my team over there. It's just um, a little thing over here, so you don't even, I, you don't really end up looking at it, and you get used to it. it sounds weird at first. It does sound kind of like weird. It's something like it's Big Brother, like constantly watching. <laughs> We're watching you. But it's very convenient, um, especially for working with smaller teams and having remote work get done efficiently. So I really like Squiggle for that one. It's the only presence application that I know of. Um, there's something similar to it. Not quite. Um, it's, it's, you know, not a lot similar, now that I think about it, but it's called Git Snapshot. Um, and it is basically whenever you take, commit a message, or commit a thing to Git, it will take a photo of you at that time. Um, and so you can have, like, this history of your state when you committed a message or committed a, a commit, committed a, a diff, committed, a change set, what's the word? Committed a change? A change, I don't know. Committed something to Git repo. And so whenever you push it up, you can actually have like a snapshot your, of your face as you worked. Uh, That's and really so funny. And so other people can see it too. So there's kind of similar with the snapshot concepts. Huh. That's about it. One time I was at a hackathon and somebody made this video, like ASCII art in terminal thing. So like it was like a video, but it converted the image to ASCII art immediately and it put it in your terminal. That's what this reminds me of. Like what if every commit came with, as part of the description, an ASCII art <laughs> <laughs> of your face? This is your face. Sad, <laughs> depressed. Why is this broken right now? Yeah. <laughs> or like a sign, like you're holding up that says, help me. <laughs> That you're hiding behind. Testing, please work. Oh, oh my no. gosh! All excellent ideas for our next little hackathon project here. <laughs> it's good. Um, all right, so file capture and sharing. Yeah, that's thing that we sort of briefly mentioned. So, like, how do you sort of share images? Uh, so I have this thing called Push P U U U S H. It's like dribble. Push. You know, it's, you're slowly pushing something, and oh. what it does is that it. Um, on OS X, it kind of maps itself to the same as, um, screen capture bindings. So Apple, for all your hate, hating Apple's, of Apple, you're using it. I mean, I love OS X. I don't love iOS. Okay, okay, all that's right? fair. Okay, all right. Uh, for like Apple Shift 3 takes a, a screen cap of your entire screen. Apple Shift 4 takes a, uh, a, sc- a screen cap of a select box, essentially. Right, or, you, you select Yeah, you drag this. and select. And... Um, push will hook into those two key bindings and then whenever you take a screenshot it will upload it to their little private cloud thing and then copy that url to your uh to your clipboard, to your clipboard yeah so i have the exact same thing um it's called cloud up so it's a cooler name in my opinion i think push <laughs> that has something to it you know um, there's a couple there's minbox as well i yeah. remember that does this um but it does the same thing you get an account it uploads it to their little space and you also just get a copy paste of the url which is great when you have bugs that you're trying yeah. to show or yeah and it's super quick and reliable right and i think the ease of use is what makes it so great yes um, it's nice. Um, so if I'm trying to send like a GIF, like an animation or something like loading on the screen, like how it loads, I use LiceCap. Me too. Which is the best. It is the great. It's so simple. Again, mm-hmm. ease of use is kind of our theme right it's, here. Slack is good because it's it does one. Useful. Well, yeah. Slack does a lot of things, oh, yeah, but 
Um, CloudUp, push, push, Minbox. Push. <laughs> they all do one thing. LiceCap does one thing, and you can integrate them all together. Um, but LiceCap is a very, very simple UI. It's just a box. Yep. And you can set the size and set the frame rate, and then you record, and it creates GIFs for you. So really awesome um, tool to use with everything. Yeah. Um, aside from those two things, I also use Google Drive for my file hosting. Um, not Dropbox. I'm not sure why. I'm, I'm kind of hooked into the Google ecosystem uh, yeah. in more ways than one. Uh, but Google Drive, super convenient. You get 15 gigs for free. Yeah. Uh, and Is it 15? I think it's 15. That's quite a bit. I feel like it's 15 shared across your Google account. The one thing I don't like about Dropbox is they give you two gigabytes, yeah. and then that fills up really quickly. Yeah, you're like, oh, and then I'm done they, now. They keep sending you messages like, your Dropbox is full. Which We're going to delete everything. I have nothing on my Dropbox, but I'm a part of other people's yeah. Dropbox, and that takes up my space. Which is kind of bizarre, right? Yeah, so now, I don't know, I, have, I can't physically use Dropbox because other people use it. Yeah, I don't want to pay for it either. So, so you know, I'm not a huge fan of Dropbox. I'm sorry. Sorry, Dropbox. I love the illustrations. I love the, I love the design. I love what you're doing visually. <laughs> they had this great um, like tutorial docs they made at one point. Um, I saw it featured on some UI uh, blog or something. It was wonderful, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, service itself. Sorry. Well, we use Box here at IBM. Yes. So which we, is great. Yeah. Box is actually gives you much more space. I think. It, well, it does. I mean, it depends on what yeah. you pay for, of course. But um, I don't know. I don't know really what the big difference is between the two. Yeah. They seem to be doing similar things. Google Drive, personally, I think works best for just like individual accounts. Yeah. Uh, Box apparently gives you 10 gigabytes for free. Oh. And then paid pass there. Nice. But with Dropbox, you can keep getting more da- like more data if you do a couple of things here and there. They once in a while, like, get a gig free or get 500 megabytes free. Oh, that's too much work. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> all of these options you have. And then you can also have multiple accounts because that's how the internet works. There's this uh, secret you can do with Gmail and new accounts. Um, so Google drops everything past a plus sign on your email address. So if you, if you have, like, uh, Una plus Dropbox... Um, that just maps to yuna at gmail.com. Um, but most uh, providers view the plus sign as a unique email address. So if you <laughs> want to send everything to your original email address but make a new account every time, just add a plus sign and then uh, some word after Wow, it. pro tips with Chris <laughs> Donneraj. <laughs> nice, that's uh, a fun one. I may have done a Netflix trial for about three months that way. Okay. Uh, Oh, I buy it. Just keep it going. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to get a new account. Um, But, yeah, anyways. Nice, nice. (laughs) Okay, so um, there are images, there's GIFs. We talked about assets. What about script files? Uh, Script files I usually put up as a gist on Mm -hmm. github.com. Which is great if you're already using GitHub. Right, which I am. Uh, Yeah. Which is, again, which is the best collaboration tool for... For everything. For everything. (laughs) (laughs) GitHub is a great collaboration Uh, tool. I know that a lot of people love Bitbucket um, or the other one, which I can't remember top of my head. The GitLab? Uh, GitLab is different. GitLab is you host it privately on your own servers, and it gives you a GitHub-ish type experience. Okay. Um, But they've changed a bunch of different things. you know, GitHub really makes the code the forefront as well as issues, and I think GitLab has a slightly different UI. So well, GitHub introduced the pull request. Right. Um, I was actually talking about that recently to one of my to my sister who works at Google, and she's like, "Oh, that, that's just a change set," and she got very upset that I was like talking about pull requests. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "All right, well." I had to like 
I always explain pull requests to people who are not really familiar with GitHub as yeah. think of it as a merge request for all intents and purposes because you're you're requesting to merge your changes in, but there's like nuances because you do a pull first of the changes, but those are really nuanced words to someone who's never used GitHub before. That made no sense to me. I use GitHub well, like the difference between pull request and I like why it's not called a merge request, those sorts of things. I don't know. Shrug. I, yeah, I think a lot of people have a problem with the name, the title pull request. Yeah. But it's fine. You just get used to it. Um, but yeah, GitHub is great. I think it's great for like versioning your history of image files and for all the code that you could ever want to discuss and comment on. And then... I honestly put up docs there sometimes now too. Um, In the wiki or just just like as as a file text file. Sometimes when I want to version my my stuff, I'll just drop a doc there and use get to to track it. Oh gosh, don't get uh, me started on all the ways that uh, I and other people in the world use GitHub. Like that could be a whole other episode. Like how I use GitHub, so many ways. Plus um, the new Git LFS system, large file. Yeah, system, large file storage. Storage. Um, you can actually put large files there, and it tracks it uh, via Git, but it tracks the diffs uh, via their, you know, their type. Uh, so yeah. people often don't realize, but GitHub has two D file diffing and three D file diffing. It's like a rollover thing. And you can see the visualization change in your images. It also shows you when you improve your performance by decreasing like image size, like the changes that you've made. Really, I actually did not know this. Yeah, it it shows you like all that. Like, where it, does it show you this? Um, well, if you compare yeah. the diff between things, and you've made image changes, which you probably don't see pretty often. Um, it's there. Hmm. Wow. You too the can more have I all know. this. <laughs> yeah. So it's super powerful. Okay, I think we're coming up to the end. Yes. Okay, so the last topic that we want to talk about is how do you continue to work if you don't have access to the internet, if you don't have this ability to chat with your coworkers? Like, what are some tools there? I cry every time. Uh, <laughs> that's what happens. Uh, no, so... Like on an airplane, the, say. The you advantage know? Of, of Git is that you don't have to be connected to a server to, to make commits. Um, you can still commit. You can still do your work in Git. And then once you have internet access again, you can push it up, and then people can see... I don't actually have a great tool for working offline beyond that. Uh, well, um, let me tell you about oh, offline working because right. this has been my life for the past year. This is why we didn't have a, a show last week. We're, we're sorry. You know, was in Europe and just gallivanting around. Yeah, uh, we, we'll be better. We'll do better. <laughs> but um, I use this app called Dash. It's an app for OSX. I'm not sure if there's an equivalent for non-OSX systems, but... It's cool because you can preload a bunch of documentation. Okay. So like shell oh, yeah, scripts. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's very convenient for when you're on airplanes, yep. especially over the seas where there's no possibility of Wi-Fi. Um, so I used that yesterday quite a bit when I was reading up on SVGs. Like, I don't know, I was getting really nerdy into SVG documentation and like, um, like FE image matrix or color matrix and um, FE composite and it had all the documentation for me there's a paid version and a free version with the free version they make you wait until you read the docs like 10 seconds <laughs> such an, a not nice thing to do <laughs> no, I, I bought it I, bought I it. self-censored there <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's great for when you don't have access to the internet but you're still trying to do some coding you, you get your documentation um, and then there's also a bunch of ways to save articles. Like I use Pocket a lot. Okay. Yeah. Pocket, you have to make sure to cache them before you go on your airplane. Okay. So often I'll be at the airport, be like, 
oh my gosh, get me on some Wi-Fi. Like, cash on my pocket or it goes really please. quickly. Yeah. Um, go, go in flight. Yeah, and sometimes it doesn't really, like, pull in all the images correctly. So yeah. if I'm worried that'll happen, I will then open it in a web browser. Pray doesn't reload my web browser so I can right. keep the article up. Um, so, yeah, Pocket's really good for articles. And then... If I want to watch videos offline, there's a bunch of offline video apps for iPad that you can use. I remember I wrote like a whole article on conference travel and how to do it efficiently. Efficiently, yeah, and like about all of these like little travel tips um, with the apps. So I'm just gonna pull that up really quick. Oh, podcasts and audiobooks. I talk about. I talk about bags. Um, but yeah, there was apparently a also about... t-shirts was part of that podcast. <laughs> well, Wear the right t-shirt when you fly. Otherwise, no, I said like, you don't have to bring t-shirts cause you'll probably get one. Like keep that in mind. I remember when I stayed Only in if you're going to a conference. <laughs> no, this is not just for any flight. <laughs> Hop on the flight. Oh yeah. Delta, please. No, uh, are... <laughs> where's my free t-shirt? <laughs> these are tech related, um, travel tips. It's, it's fine. Only on Southwest. <laughs> Southwest gives you the free t-shirt. Well, I was just saying if you're traveling for three weeks in a row, keep in mind that you're probably going to accumulate some things and some of those things will probably be t-shirts so that was what that part was but if you're going to a conference let's, let's <laughs> keep that in mind <laughs> pro tips the the app that i was mentioning is called offline video player um and it kind of looks sketchy but it, it works it works as advertised um yeah so those are sort of my um offline productivity things oh and one thing i wanted to mention was duet display which turns your iPad into a second screen. Oh, uh, right. So when you're remotely working or you're at a coffee shop and you don't bring your monitor with you, unless you do, you can I mean, still have two screens. I, I lug around my 25-inch monitor <laughs> wherever I go. Throw it in my backpack. <laughs> it's cool. Styling. Yeah, so Duet Display is nice because you can have your terminal on there and see your output and just a smaller screen, and then you have... Um, your work on your laptop. So I don't know how, what kind of magicry it does work with this, but yeah, it only works for iOS and OS X. Well, Duet Display does, but I'm sure there are other yeah. apps. Sorry. That's okay. I'm bought into this ecosystem. <laughs> I, I'm not I saying mean, it's, it's the best fine. thing. iOS is I fun. want an Android. You know, you know what? I, I respect people's choices. You can have an iOS if you like it. I'm going to get You're an Android wrong, for traveling. But, uh... That's my next purchase so that I can do um, any SIM card because I have uh, had some troubles with AT&T. Uh, yeah. See, there you go. Troubles to say the least. <laughs> Oi. All right. That All right. is <laughs> that's our show. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Tools Day, and we'll hope to catch you next week. Bye.